Blog Talk Radio. Contending week for Kentucky football. Vinny Hardy here outside of Knoxville. Terry TB Brown up in Louisville. How's everything, man? Man, is this the upside down? Is this the woo? I mean, I I know we're gonna get into it. I know we got a two-hour show. I know we got a lot of ground to cover. But your University of Kentucky Wildcats are ranked number nine in the college football playoff rankings, one spot ahead of the Ohio State University. Let's talk about it. Let's be about it. I'm excited. It was unbelievable watching the playoff show last night. I mean, that's another door knocked down. Like you said, you you saw it and still have to kind of wrap your mind around it, going to dive into all of it. First, we'll let y'all know how y'all can dive in if you would like to as well. Cat's Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter, 845-277-9373. As always, is the number to give us a call. It is an SEC East Championship week leading up to the game Saturday against Georgia. We're going to talk about all of that. Look back at the win against Missouri that put Kentucky in position to contend for the SEC East, eight games in, season two-thirds of the way over, 7-1, Georgia 7-1, all the marbles, Kroger Field Saturday, get into all of that. We got two great guests coming up in hour two, coming up at 7 o'clock. We got former UK running back, friend of the show, Georgia native, Alfred Rawls. He's got to get his thoughts on the big game, his time at UK, Thoughts on the running game and thoughts on Benny. All of those good things coming up in a little less than an hour. At 7.30, we'll get a little Georgia perspective. We got Ryan Dennis, like Ryan Sandberg, R-Y-N-E, from the Athens Banner Herald. He is the sports editor down there. We'll get his thoughts on the dogs. And, you know, of course, he follows it very closely, so we'll get a little perspective for him, kind of like we did with uh, – with Danny Smith from the the Starkville Daily News, get a little perspective from uh, the, a member of the media that covers uh, a Kentucky opponent, in this case being Georgia. So we'll get Ryan Dennis on at 7.30. going to be a lot of fun between now and then. Your calls are welcome, as always, 845-277-9373. Last week we had Anthony White just call in, as he's prone to do sometimes. He called us up uh, and – Look, I didn't say it didn't take you, but it's, it's just how cool is that, that, you know, he just thinks enough to call in sometimes. He's gracious enough to be a guest. Then on evenings when he's not a guest, he'll just call us up. 
So how cool is that? That's, so I always appreciate it. So that's how we can say that's how we can say he's really a friend of the show. That's when you know he's a friend of the show, right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I got to backtrack real quick because, like we mentioned last week, um, after the Vanderbilt game, I did get to cover it. Just a couple little nuggets that I didn't get to, but I, I gotta gotta bring them up. Uh, I got there early like we do, um, and they were having chili in the press box that day, so that was that was good. But before I went up there, I swung by just to say hello to Christy Thomas, a friend of the show, host the uh, Countdown to Kickoff pregame show. He's still with Freddie Maggot, but now it's with Jeremy Jarman and Dusty Bonner. So I never met either one of them, so I said hello to Christy and then got to, you know, say hello to Dusty and Jeremy. And during one of the breaks, Christy's mom came by and just left this huge bowl of caramel popcorn right there. You know how they're set up right there at Nutter Fieldhouse when they're outdoors. Right there on the edge of the little set right there where they all sit, she just strolls through, sits the popcorn there, and just kind of waves and walks on. And, you know, Christy was on the air. She kind of waved at her and nodded and, and kept on doing the show. But at the next break, you know, she dives into the popcorn and Jeremy and Dusty dive in, and she reaches the bowl over to me to get a little bit of that popcorn. And, my God. So I just had to shout out to Mama Thomas, or Mama Christie's Mama's popcorn, caramel popcorn. It was delicious TV. And you know how we are about the food. And I, I could not mention that deliciousness, and I apologize that I didn't get to it last week. Well, is, is it is it up there with uh, Ellen Calipari's uh, brownies? That's one of those other famous snacks floating around the Big Blue Nation. So uh, I'm happy to get I some would, of that popcorn. I would say I, 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 I haven't had, had the brownies, brownies but but I haven't had the popcorn. I would say both ladies would be confident in their lovely deliciousness. I would say both ladies would, would stand by what they had made. <laughs> <laughs> had you not – I don't – did you talk about a brownie on the show? I don't remember. You, I didn't know you had a brownie. Yeah, well, you know that uh, Ellen makes uh, brownies uh, yeah, for, uh, yeah. for the team. For, and I want to say – I think it was Jamal Murray maybe. Was that because it was it was the same time there was a, a big snow, and I got to Rupp Arena really really early. I mean it was like early early. Uh, uh, Stephanie guy that holds the does the credentials wasn't even set up at that point, but I'd gotten into Rupp and, oh. and whatnot, and it was just really early. She had the brownies, and you know she was like, "Hey, would you like a brownie?" I said, "Well, you know, I'm number one. I'm not going to turn down a brownie. Period. And number two. Miss Calipari, I'm not going to turn down one from from the coach's wife. So absolutely, I'll take a brownie. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, well, I'm glad we got our whole food. So we get, you know, it's a little <laughs> random and a little little deviating a little bit, but you know, it's it's all good. So glad we worked that in. But everything in the world is happening in Lakington, as we all know. Uh, volleyball with the big game against Florida tonight. Uh, soccer with big matches coming up. Rifles doing what it's doing. Kentucky Duke six days from now. Kentucky Georgia 
Saturday, and Kentucky slid out of Columbia, Missouri with a 15-14 win that put them in position to play Georgia for the SEC East Division this coming Saturday. So looking back, uh, you were there. We talked about the Vanderbilt game where the Cats had done just enough. Uh, to win you know some people didn't like it whatever whatever Uh, a win is a win I don't care what happens but against Missouri uh, we talked about last week the coaches wanted to to shake things up in the quarterback situation we saw Danny Clark come in almost fumble probably should have been a fumble depending on you know you look at it from a certain (laughs) angle uh, the confusing part to me was Terry Wilson came out and was like seven of nine, and two of those misses mm-hmm. were dropped. He came out and yeah. played really, really well. So while I understand if you look at Texas A&M, you look at Vanderbilt, you're saying, okay, we need a new quarterback. But honestly, Terry was playing really, really well. Uh at that point in, in time, but, but Gunnar Hope comes in, doesn't fare as well. He was three of eight for about 30 something yards uh, against Missouri. But Terry Wilson, this is what you want. We kept saying, and I say, we, the big boo nation, everybody kept saying, we can't win getting 18 passing yards. Like we can't sustain that. <laughs> and Terry answered the mm-hmm. bell. The, the best thing going was, Let's get Lynn Bowden out in space, right? We, we saw flashes of that against Florida. We have seen flashes like that all year uh, at various points. But this was the first game. Lynn Bowden, 13 targets, 13 catches, 166 yards. Yeah. That's, get, that's getting it done, right? Even though we yeah. couldn't run the ball, with, with, with Benny and, 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 and A.J. Rose, not quite up to all, what we've been doing all year, it, it came down to Terry. So looking at this game, and, and Kentucky fans, I know they've watched it. They've seen the highlights. They've seen the replays. A couple of things. Quarterback controversy is dead. This is Terry's team. Uh, we're going to go as far as Terry Wilson is going to take us. Does that mean he's going to be perfect? Absolutely not. He's going look. He's going to make another mistake or two or four or five over the next three games. It's going to happen. Okay, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you keep him on the field because what he did, eighty-seven yards in a minute and twenty-four seconds after taking a sack on the first play. And look, oh. <laughs> I'm a Terry guy, right? I. I you know I've been Team Terry since we time, since we signed him way back when. Terry touchdown. That's my guy. You know, mm-hmm. same thing. But even with that first sack, I said, "Oh man!" And then they start going fast. Then it's the you know it's a pass to Bouvier, another pass to Bouvier, another pass to Bowden. And they it, it, but look at that last second or that last minute drive and. The team did everything that I didn't know this team could do. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen a passing attack like this, this two-minute drill, in a long time. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe going back to Andre Woodson, 
you know, I'm trying to think of a, a, a time where we just had a quarterback back there just could sling the ball and get us downfield. So the passes to Bouvier were where they had to be. The pass to Lynn Bowden to get, you know, to get to the 10-yard line, that was a big-time play because most players, the instinct is he had a little bit of space. He could have turned it back inside and tried to score. Clock runs out, we lose the game. So for Bowden to get out right. at the 10 to give us another shot, bam. We talk about throws that your quarterback has to make. Terry Wilson's throw that drew the pass interference, it was one of those cliche, you only put it where your guy can get it. And, and, mm-hmm. and Missouri folks can gripe about that call all they want. But for me, that's a call that's an easy call to make as an official. You know, you draw the contact, you know, the, the, the catch is still made, it's out of bounds. To me, that's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer call. You know, I know they want him to keep it in, their, in the pocket, but you got to make that call. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, if you look, the, the last play, the one guy <laughs> that everybody in Kentucky has been talking about for the last two seasons, get C.J. Conrad <laughs> the ball. Get him the ball. It was a beautiful clear out, throw to the front pylon. That was a SEC caliber quarterback throw, right? It was right on the money where only CJ could get it. He made the play, wins the game with no time left on the clock. So we've got a quarterback, right? We've got Lynn Bowden, who is now our, our, this generation's Randall Cobb. Give him the ball and good things tend to happen. He runs the kickback. Right, that really gets things going. Uh, the big takeaway is the defense is legit. Now, a lot of folks that are outside of the Big Blue Nation scratching their heads: Is Kentucky this good? Da 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 da. da. Look, <laughs> eight straight possessions for Missouri were three and out. Eight straight second possessions were three down, and Missouri punted the ball. The biggest one was all after the Terry Wilson interception with like four minutes left. And you're thinking, I'm thinking, they get a first down, that's a lot of pressure on these caps. But three and out, they punted the ball. And we get the ball back to set up the last-minute drive. So the defense is legit. We've talked about it before. I've talked about it before. This team is built the way Stoops wanted it to be built. Typically, we can run the ball. Not a lot of success against uh, Missouri, but we changed it up on that last-minute drive and got got down the field. But Mm -hmm. what this team does, that's thanks to the depth, that's thanks to coaching them up, is by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, your guys are tired of tackling Benny Snell. You saw it two weeks ago uh, against Vanderbilt when he goes for 89, 90 yards in the second half. They're tired of tackling Benny Snell. On the flip side, offensively, those offensive linemen are tired of trying to block Josh Allen, who, again, is in beast mode. Eight games in, Mm -hmm. 10 sacks, which is second nationally. 14 and a half tackles for a loss, which I think is one or two 
nationally. This team is built to do special things. So we learned a lot when everybody wanted to hang their heads. And look, I'm as rosy as they come, but when Terry took that first sack on the first play of that last drive, I said to myself, okay, this is – okay. I mean, and I was as rosy as they come, as pro-Terry as they come, but right now they answered the bell. In ways we haven't seen Kentucky teams do before, they answered the bell. When you – when your offense has looked bad all night and you have 90 seconds to go 87 yards on the road against a quality SEC defense and you get it done, that to me answers a lot of questions. I've rambled, but that's my thoughts on the Missouri game. Uh, yeah, and and I think the, the throw to Bouvier, the first one, uh, how you – Look, we don't have the whole, you know, the all-22 family can see everything. But it was kind of behind him, and Bouvier made a great catch. I believe if he kind of leads him, a Missouri defender's there to undercut it. It looks like he kind of had to throw it there to get it there. It looks like a Missouri guy kind of flashes at the last second as Bouvier's diving. I'm like, if he, if he hits him standing up or in stride, then it's deflected or possibly picked off. So – you know, an accurate throw based on the defense, even though he couldn't, you know, hit him on the run or on the money. Um, the other catch, too, where he lobbed it, the big one that set up Bowden, too, the fact that they put Wagner in there. You know, we heard about this kid from Iowa. He played basketball. You know, Vince Merrow talked about how, you know, if he if he hadn't played basketball, you know, he would be – developed quite well as a football player based on the potential he had before he decided to go basketball route. Uh, they bring him in. He hadn't played, you know, hadn't hadn't seen the field. You put him out there. And, you know, look, we, we can sympathize with Missouri. We, we have been there so many times. Even with you becoming a fan, as almost a grown man, you have been there. Many times, <laughs> I mean, the bluegrass miracle alone has put enough suffering on you. Uh, and I don't even don't get me started on you know '93 with Marty Moore and the Peach Bowl when you had Clemson beat. Look, we we know <laughs> agonizing, gut wrenching losses. But Wagner was kind of like a defender. He was like trying to do a swim move to get around the Missouri corner to get to the ball. So they can fuss and Barry Odom can gripe and all that, but it, like you said, it was a lot of more controversy and you know, and there's different perspectives involved. But he was being impeded with his progress was <laughs> altered, and he still caught it. And the broadcast, I don't know if you heard those guys, they were like, oh, well, they might be questioning if it's catchable. I'm like, catchable? He caught it. You know, one that, hand. That, that was. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. I, I mean, what y'all talking about catchable? He he still caught it. I, I was, I mean, you know, so that was kind of puzzling for that to even be a question. You know, he wasn't halfway up the student section in the end zone. The man caught the ball in spite of all that. Um, Conrad, we, like you said, we've 
hope that he's every year that he gets used more and more, utilize him and and the weapon that he is before he leaves and goes to the NFL and has a Witten Gronk Antonio Gates like career and we're like, man, we just never got him to rock enough. Excellent all around tight end. Good to see him get some catches. Only had two targets, two catches at the start and at the finish. But you know, if you get it in his area code, it's it's caught. Um, I was listening to Dusty Bonner. He was on with Tom Leach, and just talking about how that's a short pass, but it's a very tough pass. And and Terry's done that two weeks in a row. The pass to Bolton was similar the week before against Vanderbilt. This pass. You know, if if it's a little bit behind him, the defender can pick six it. If you throw it too far and lead him too far, you know, at the wrong angle, he won't be able to get to it. Um, the Missouri defensive end had his hands up and came close to deflecting it and tipping it. That would have been, you know, game over. So to get the ball quickly and get it out on time, you know, Dusty was talking about that's a much harder throw than you realize. And he says, you know, the average fan will say, when a throw like that is missed, Oh, why can't you complete that? He's just five yards away. He's ten feet away from you. But it's a lot more to that than we realize. And so for him to to walk off of the field, that being his last throw, going into this big game where, you know, confidence issues and, you know, he himself said he had kind of lost the fire that he had at Florida. You couldn't ask for a better ending for him personally. And for his confidence, uh, you saw him tweeting out, you know, shh, <laughs> after the game. So you, you like where everybody's at heading into this game against Georgia. Yeah, and I just uh, I tweeted you, uh, Kentucky football, just tweet out about Josh Allen. Nine of his ten sacks have been in the second half, six in the fourth quarter. That That's what I'm talking about, Josh Allen getting it done when the game is in in the balance and, and, and just wearing on teams. So uh so we saw a lot from this from this squad. And you know, the the talk this week has been Kentucky fans enjoy this. This is what we've been building toward. I don't know if you saw the tweet I put out yesterday. If you remember last year, beginning of the season, the twenty seventeen season, in the uh football facility, they hung up a poster with a bracket of the college football bracket, like a like a Final Four bracket. And they put Kentucky's name on it and said, what are you doing today to get better? That's what it said at the top. And everybody outside of Kentucky laughed, right? You know, they posted on uh, you know, Saturday down south, Kentucky, you know, ESPN, what <laughs> Kentucky football. And you, I know you heard it probably done in Knoxville, like Kentucky playoffs. Football playoff, I heard a lot. Chuckle, chuckle to he to he here in Louisville. But (laughs) when you look at that motivational poster from last year, when they went to -to back-to-back bowl games, right, another seven-win season, and you look at it side-by-side with number nine in the college football playoff rankings, it's not quite as funny, is it? It's not something you can just write off. And I know Georgia's favorite. I understand that. They're, they're rolling. We're going to talk in detail about Georgia in the second hour. 
But is it crazy to think can you, Kentucky can win? You and I talked about this some weeks ago after the Florida game, right? We had Memphis Spence come on and talk about he's the one that said Kentucky's got a recipe on how to be successful, right? Run the ball, play defense. Yeah. You know, make the make the smart throw when it's there. He's he was talking more confident than you and I. He's the one that yeah. said when when Georgia comes to town, that's going to be for the SEC East Championship. He said that five mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah, and even talking about and, ten and wins and, was, and all that. Yeah, yeah, he said it's there, and I was agreeing, <laughs> but I wasn't like, well, okay, and and. I wasn't confident in my nine wins that I picked for the year. I wasn't – I mean, I could talk myself into it, and I said uh-huh. it, but nine wins, okay. But here they are at seven and one. Woo! I mean, Georgia's got all the all the pressures on Georgia with this one. And if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm talking to my guys about playing loose. Because if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, we're playing with house money. You know, it, we could we could yeah. lose a close one to Georgia, and it would be heartbreaking. I get it. But still, there's three more wins out there. You get to 10-2, and two, you compete for an SEC East championship. That's a great season. <laughs> so, at this yeah. point, we've checked off yeah. a lot of boxes. But I mean, if you beat Georgia, it's historic. It is what it is. But but the but the letdown, the other side is, hey, we can still get the ten wins. That's what getting the seven to one will do. Because I said this, I think after the A and M game, that's I think you agreed with me at the time that A and M could probably be the worst loss of the season. I mean, think about that. We are right here at November. In Kentucky football, the worst loss is an overtime. What? (laughs) So enjoy this time. It is fantastic time for Kentucky football. On top of that, like you said, uh, uh, volleyball uh, has a showdown with, uh, I think, number 14 or 15, Florida. The winner gets the leg up in the SEC volleyball race. Cats trying to go back-to-back. Friday, men's soccer, uh, I forget who they host, but they're playing uh, winner-take-all. They want a share of the CUSA men's soccer title. Saturday, Georgia comes to town. <laughs> and then Tuesday, we end it playing Duke in, in men's basketball. Over the next six days, the Cats are play, have four games where both teams are ranked. And if we want to be the mm-hmm. best athletic program, Department in the program, uh, best, I'm gonna get it right. Best athletic department in the country. Mm-hmm. Let's go four zero. I'm tired. Let me soapbox for a moment. I know I've talked a lot. Let me soapbox. People that are putting out there, would you rather beat Georgia in football or beat Duke in basketball? Stop it. Stop that. I'm greedy. I want four games. I want four wins. Why? Because we can do it. We can beat Georgia. We can beat Duke. Volleyball team can beat Florida. We can do this. So it's not an either-or proposition. You don't have to be a basketball fan or a football fan. Root for everything. 
root for the rival team that's number one. Root, you know, and not even root for the ranked teams. There's so many teams. I just don't want to get caught in this thing of, and this is what kills me too. The people, I haven't even thought about the Duke game. I'm so focused on football. Really? Really? (laughs) Really? You haven't thought at all about a top five matchup. Not not one thought has crept into your head about the Duke basketball game. Really? I don't know about you, Vinny. The good Lord gave me a halfway decent brain. Some people would disagree. I can have a bunch of thoughts in my head at the same time. I can <laughs> be excited for Georgia. I can be excited for Duke. I can be excited for Vosh. Like, it, 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 we're not robots where we just got one program we have to follow. You can, you know, I've got shirts for Kentucky everything. I got Kentucky soccer, Kentucky baseball. We've got Kentucky gymnastics. It's okay. But yeah, I don't believe the people. I haven't even thought anything about Duke. Really? I think you're lying. <laughs> not, not one thing about the, about the Duke basketball. Really? You can enjoy both because I'm saying this. I'm going to be in Indianapolis on Tuesday night to cover the game, the Duke game. So I'll have a rundown next week. Next week's show, we're going to be talking about what a great weekend it was when the Cats went 4-0, won a soccer title to lead for the uh, volleyball uh, conference title, going to Atlanta, for the SEC championship Man. <laughs> and beating Duke and, and, and sending a statement to college basketball. I'm calling it. I see it. This is going to be the year of the Wildcats. Man, and you wrote about it weeks ago. Uh, What's CameronMillsRadio.com? You had an article stating this very thing a while ago. I know at least two or three weeks yeah. ago I think you wrote about it already. Yeah, and 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 because when you look at uh, the directors' cup standings, I know rifle. I needed. Re- I'm actually going to research why rifle doesn't count. But everybody's like, "Oh, the fall. This is great. Look at all we got. Six ranked teams, and and we're doing well." You know what? The spring semester is going to be pretty good too. Coach Rachel Rachel Lawson has had back-to-back super regional teams in Lexington. Mm-hmm. Coach Nick. You think he's going to get shut out again? No. We know what the track team can do, right? The gymnastics team finished the top – made it to the Sweet 16 last year, right? I'm telling you. And if Coach Mitchell can work some magic with women's basketball, which I believe he's capable of doing, and Coach Cal brings number nine, this could possibly be a top five Director's Cup team. Think about that. Man. You've got to you've got to think men's soccer is number three. Men's soccer is going to uh, they can make the, the the soccer final four. I'm not going to say easy because I don't know how that works, but I think they can make it. Volleyball, mm-hmm. you know, they were Sweet 16, Elite Eight last year. They can build on that. It is not unfathomable, and I know this is getting greedy. It's possible to have Final Four teams across a lot of different sports. Are you kidding me with this? 
I, I just <laughs> narrowing it down to either football or basketball, you're selling yourself short as a Kentucky fan. You really are. We've got great coaches, great players. I, this, I mean, you, you can't keep up with more than one thing at a time. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now and, and, <laughs> and just take a breath. But I see this. Would you rather have this or this? Give me all of it. Would you rather beat Georgia or go you know, to the Final Four? I want to beat Georgia and go to Atlanta. Atlanta at the beginning of December? Are you kidding me? Yes. Because if, if the Georgia folks, if the Atlanta folks think that Kentucky fans, the Big Blue Nation showed out or shows out at the SEC tournament, wait till we right. come for a football game. You think oh that's going goodness. out? You ain't seen showing out yet. <laughs> if you've been waiting, if you've been waiting lifetimes to see, you know, Kentucky in Atlanta playing for the SEC championship. Uh, that's that's why I tweeted out right after the game. I was born in '77. Uh, technically, I was alive for that ten and one team because. <laughs> like the last couple, the last couple of weeks of that season, I was an infant. So you know, technically, it happened in my lifetime. Just like I count 1978, you know, as a title because you know I'm three, four months old. So I've seen half of Kentucky's basketball title. I've seen four of them. Uh, but you know, and outside 1950, 1977 for Kentucky football is the year. Josh Allen, who's he compared to? Art Steele, 1977. You know, is that's the last benchmark year. I know that in 84 they went to the Hall of Fame Bowl and beat Wisconsin, but 77 still kind of trumped all. And for the first time since 1977, if, look, if nothing else good happens, they've already put a five in the SEC win portion of their schedule. I've never seen that. At worst, they're going to be five and three in the SEC, which at the end of the day is still going to be progress. You know, based on what you have in front of you, you, you I mean, people will be disappointed. But at the end of the day, well, he's been four and four. That's the best it's ever been around here. They went five and three in the SEC. You know, we haven't seen it. They got a chance to go seven and one in the SEC. They're still on the table. So, you know, the next win will be an eight-win regular season. Whenever that next win happens, it's, it's, look, I haven't seen it, and that's why, I, look, for the first time in my life, these things are happening. We've been talking about how it hasn't happened for 40 years. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40, and now it's happening. <laughs> and, and, and think about how what this football season has a possibility of being, Right. You know, we talk preseason, we talk early on about putting pressure on this Georgia game, right? Beat Georgia, mm-hmm. it's feasible to finish the regular season at 11-1. and one. It's feasible. Middle Tennessee State, Tennessee, Louisville. The Louisville game, and, and, and we can talk about what a disaster that has become, the, the, the Bobby Petrino 2.0 experiment. Is is absolutely <laughs> devastatingly come to an end. Just that stadium. Do you even have a white forest hat? 
Do you even no, have Wake Forest fans? No. I, I don't have. And, 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 the, and the teams I do have, I, I haven't even put it on. The potential, because you've seen pictures of the last couple of games. The Vince Tyra has come on and is, is begging fans to come out, not give up. Cardinal Stadium has the potential to be 50-50 or better for Kentucky fans. If Kentucky Ooh, fans man. are 10-1 or, you know, 9-2 <laughs> heading into that game, it's going to be at least 50-50, right? Going to be at least, and if there is justice and karma, Bobby Petrino's last game as a head coach of Cardinals will be a blowout curb stomping at the hands of Mark Stoops <laughs> and the Wildcats. That, to me, is my dream season. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that when yeah, they think about the last game, it's going to be Benny running for 200 yards and three touchdowns. It's going to be Josh Allen this point. Eating, yeah, eating whoever is back there at quarterback. And then – you know, you if you beat Georgia, you go to eleven and one. You go to Al, you go to Atlanta to play Alabama, and and that's house money at that point. You know, you want to win the game was with it Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, yeah, you have I mean, that you just hate, just see what happens. Yeah, just see what happens. Right, right. Get in there and just go for it. <laughs> and, and and then you end up. Because if, if Kentucky gets to 11-1 and one, and then, you know, there's the loss to Alabama, that's still 11-2 and two with your only loss as being to Bama and in oh overtime at A&M, that Ooh. is a great season. That is a season Man. that not too many teams historically have reached. There have been some, you know, yeah. great programs that have undefeated seasons, but that's a that is a, mm-hmm. that's not just good for a, a Kentucky team. That's just a good, that's just good. Period. Yeah. And is it enough to stay in the playoff hunt? Probably not. At two losses, I get that. But, mm-hmm. but that is a huge New Year's Day bowl. Say that happens. No. Let's say we get to eleven and two. In that scenario, look, I'm putting on my crazy hat because we're living in crazy times now. What's to stop? Remember 2007, and I want to say maybe 2014. Was that the year? Yeah, you know where Ohio State got in without winning the uh, their conference title. What yeah, happened? Is Kentucky's got, no. 11 and two. Yeah, with those two losses, and what if Notre Dame loses? a game they shouldn't lose, or two games, or Michigan loses, or, you know, because remember, if we beat Georgia, boom, they, they move to the back of the line behind us, right, in the rankings. And then if Alabama takes care of LSU, boom, you know, we beat Georgia, I think we leap Washington State, who's right above us. So at 11-2, yeah. Kentucky is at least in the discussion at the end of the year because I don't think uh, anybody else will have losses quite like that. Now, I know, you know, there's lots of games to be played, but you can talk yourself – look, we talked ourselves into this de facto Final Four matchup with Georgia. I'm talking myself into more stuff. 
because it's feasible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Depending on what happens at the top, if Alabama strolls through number you know number one as we think they will, losing to Alabama in a neutral field and an overtime loss at Texas A&M, who's, who's in the top 25, I, I believe, with the, with the uh, playoff ranking, that's pretty too. If you're going to have two losses, those are the two losses you want to have. Number one, Alabama, mm-hmm. and on the road at a top 20 uh, program. Definitely. That's a great season. That is a season where I'm mm-hmm. like, look, I don't know who I need to send the money to. We need to get a Mark Stoops statue <laughs> up, like right now. I mean, honestly. I mean, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so this season, enjoy it. Because either the worst that will happen is when you and I are in our 60s, you know, how uh, your, your dad, his generation, looked back on that 77 team. You know, we haven't reached out. <laughs> watermarks it at the worst we have that we can talk about oh man remember that 2018 team that's at the worst at the best Mm -hmm. at best this team becomes that year that that really gets the momentum moving forward I tweeted this out just screenshot of Kentucky being ahead of Ohio State right now Stoops and Vince Morrow can go into any recruit in Ohio and say, look, you come to Kentucky, you can at least compete with Ohio State. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? And that's just right now. That, you know, that's not getting to the SEC championship game. So the momentum is there, right? You know, Benny Snell, people forget, was an afterthought. Wanted to go to Ohio State. They didn't want it. Josh Allen was a two-star. We talk about coaching them up. This is coaching them up. When Josh Allen arrived on campus, I didn't think he was going to be the second coming of Thanos for you Marvel fans. <laughs> you know, when, when uh, Benny Snell was thrust into the starting lineup after that 0-2 start a couple of years ago, I did, who, who, what recruiting guru said he was going to be putting his name all over the Kentucky record book? This is coaching them up. You're Mike Edwards. Right, you're Darius West, who, you know, it's cliche when you block a field goal, you say, oh, those points may come back to haunt. Yeah, Missouri gets that field goal. We got a different ball game. You you win yeah. fifteen fourteen every play counts. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the the defense has been stout and coached up. And when you can hold the was... team to eight straight three and out. You yeah. can give that gives your offense time to find itself. When you're giving up twelve points yeah. a game tied with Clemson <laughs> for the uh for the uh scoring defense lead and, and Clemson's got three guys on the defensive line that are gonna go in the first two days of the NFL draft. Right. And I know people that well Kentucky and they sneer. Look, I saw this stat and I I'm I'm sorry, I've I've talked a lot, but I'm excited. Kentucky has held every opponent to half of their scoring average. Half. I don't care who you play. And, and keep in mind, we've played Florida. Who is Florida? We played Mississippi State. We played South Carolina. Even Texas A&M. Half of what they usually score. And again, I say to people, because 
look, I, I've canceled negative people out. After this game against Missouri, I'm not hearing that you don't think Stoops is the guy. I don't want to hear it. I'm not hearing that, well, you know, I know we're definitely going to lose to Georgia. Don't want to hear it. Give me a reason why this team can't beat Georgia. Well, you know, in 1998, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Why this team? Well, you remember the Bluegrass Miracle? I do. <laughs> well, you remember that seven-overtime game against, uh, against uh, Arkansas? I do. Man, you remember Peyton Manning put 50 points? I do. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and, man, Stoops didn't cover those two receivers against Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was last year. Yeah, I remember that. And, man, Ole Miss was, was, was you know, we let them come. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was last year. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about what have you seen from this team? <laughs> what have you seen that makes you just give up against Georgia? You know what I tell people, and I've talked to a lot of Kentucky fans, some people are like, well, you know, Georgia, I was like, I want you to be able to stay stand in front of Josh Allen to tell him you don't believe. Tell cool. him you don't believe. Look in Benny Snell's face and say, I don't believe in you. Look at C.J. Conrad and say, I don't believe in you. Me, I believe. And more importantly than that, this team believes. Look at the body language. It's hard to pick up, you know, from TV. But when that team went out there with a minute and 24 left, 90 yards away from the end zone, there was no panic. There was no slump shoulders. You've, seen, you've watched enough football. You see teams in that situation where they are just scrambling, right? You've seen it. They're panicked. What do we do? What do we do? Bouvier. Making the catch, getting back up. You know, when the ball's ready for play, they're on the ball ready to go. This team believes. You know, we started Florida, a couple of turnovers. This team believes. And I believe them. And I'm done. I'm sorry, but I know we got guests the second hour, so I had to get a lot of stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. No problem. We'll take a quick little break and, uh, Maybe switch gears real quick before we jump right back into Kentucky, Georgia in the second hour, as we should, because this is a never-before-happened-in-our-lifetime kind of week. So this is the last time we'll be on before Saturday. So, I mean, it goes without saying this is where we're going to spend a lot of our time. But this is Cast Talk Wednesday, Finney Hardy, Terry TV Brown, Brownie Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. We'll be right back in a couple minutes, y'all. Oh, 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 oh,
are back. Cats Talk Wednesday, Vinnie Hardy, Tay Brown, at Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. Feel free to definitely interact with us. Call us 845-277-9373. And if you or someone you know has a business that you'd like to advertise on the show, get at us. Give us a DM on the Facebook page or DM us on Twitter or at Vinny Hardy or at T-Brown underscore 80. We would love to affordably promote your business for you on our show. Uh, you can also get us on demand on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those various different apps. Uh, and we're replayed on 12 Ounce Sports Radio Thursdays at 8 p.m., and then Saturday afternoons at 1 p.m. This show will be replayed and re-aired. Uh, you can also check the archive. We've had tons of great guests on the show, like the two we're going to have here in a few minutes. Uh, lots of great guests, Kentucky players, former players, coaches, media members, entertainers, uh, comedians, musicians. Had a little bit of uh, a broad assortment of guests, great guests we've had on. Uh, Dana Falk, daughter of Super Agent David Falk. We talked food with her a couple years ago. A lot of cool people we've been able to have the privilege of talking with on this show. So appreciate y'all listening in and and listen to the old shows, listen to the new shows. Hope you enjoy each and every one of them. And we have a lot of fun bringing them to you. Real quick, before we have Alpha Rawls on at 7, just wanted to, you know, World Series is over. I said Red Sox in six. They ended up being Red Sox in five. And look, Boston gets another title, and a lot of people are like, yeah, okay, especially with the Patriots cheating to get, you know, a good portion of theirs. This is the fourth one for Boston since 04. Uh, you and I are old enough to remember Buckner in 86 and all the angst they had in waiting 86 years before they finally won one, and now, you know, they're just racking them up. Different manager, you know, Joey Cora, first year, 108 wins, beat 200-win teams in the American League playoffs to get to the series, and then the Dodgers were arguably the best <laughs> that the National League had to offer, and they dispatched them in five games. So congrats to them. Whether you like them or not, you got to give them props because that was a heck of a team they had. And also in my last two cents, too, as far as baseball is concerned, we talked about it more so with the Jose Bautista bat flip because that was just so, like, wow. It was in the playoffs on the big stage. We all saw it. I love the King Griffey Jr. let the kids play commercial, and maybe next year we'll see even more motion as the kids are finally being allowed to play. Yeah, you know, tip your hat to Boston. I mean, it's not my favorite sports town. I, you know, I'm definitely anti-Celtics, <laughs> not a Patriots fan, not a right, yeah, yeah, not a Red Sox fan, uh, but uh, you know, you tip your hat. I, I think one thing is going to that I'm taking away from this last two World Series is Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers is going to end up. I think unless you know things change and you know his career's not over, he's going to end up the baseball Carl Malone, where. He's just getting rocked in the World Series. That's that's going to be to his his detriment, I think. 
when we start looking at his career, like he's been lights out for four or five, six years, you know, going back. But in the postseason and in these last two World Series, when the Dodgers need someone to shut the door, he hasn't shut it. And fair or foul, I think that goes into, you know, how, how players are, are, are remembered, you know, because we, we know what, uh, you know, for your Braves especially, the, the pitchers weren't the issue for why the Braves weren't getting over that hump. You know, the, the pitchers were delivering it. You know, Glavin and Smoltz and, 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 and um, oh, Greg Maddox and everything. But I think for, for, uh, for baseball guys, you've got to give us a gym in the postseason. You've got to, you know, Kurt Illick, uh, Schilling with the bloody sock, and you've got uh, Randy Johnson coming into game seven and oh one, you know, just, yeah, and, and Kershaw just has been bereft of those moments. So, and I'm not saying he's trash. I'm not saying he's garbage or anything like that, but he just hasn't had any dominant performances in the postseason where you can be like, okay, yeah, you know, you know, he brought it. So, uh, if, if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm concerned because we know in sports the door can shut really, really quick. <laughs> you know, your window can close. And, and you know, getting to a World Series is, is one thing. you got to win it. Um, so, you know, that's my two. And, and I watched a big chunk of that 18-inning game. I watched mm-hmm. a big chunk of that game, took a nap, <laughs> Woke up like one o'clock in the morning. It was like in the eleventh at that point. I'm like, all right, you know, doze a little bit. I'm like, why? That that's just insane. That's just you know, it was a seven and a half hour game. But uh, you know, you tip your hat to the Red Sox. Maybe now they can stop with this "woe is us." You know, when the Red Sox have a three game losing streak in July, maybe you know, Bill Simmons and some of the famous Red Sox fans can. Stop with the woe is us. You spend just as much as the Yankees. You spend just as much as the Dodgers, the Cubs. You're not some plucky <laughs> underdog team. So, yeah, relax. You know, it, it, that's, that's probably my one critique of Boston fans, and I hate to paint them all with a brush. You know, they, they look back at the 08 Celtics. Man, we overcame. You've got 17 NBA titles. What are you talking about? You know, you're you're not a plucky underdog. Like nobody's buying that. You know, and and you know, the getting ready for the Super Bowl for the ninth straight time, you know, Belt Second Brady. Yeah, nobody believed in this. What are you talking about? There hasn't been a sure thing in sports than Brady and Belichick in the NFL. So stop, stop, stop. I'll give you the Boston Bruins, but even they've won, but just stop. No no underdogs, no plucky Go getters! No, you're Boston. Your your payroll is three hundred million dollars. Calm it down a notch. So, man, I've been all over the place. Today. No. I have a lot of soapboxes. <laughs> That's well. Hey, we had to. Now I'm not as well as far as Celtics are concerned. I'm I'm right there with you. And look, I wasn't a fan of Celtics or Lakers, so I feel the same way about both. But I'm I'm with you on the Celtics. And originally. I wasn't like this on the Patriots because, look, you and I are old enough to remember how terrible they were. The first Super Bowl I actually remember watching that I knew what I was watching because it was it was Bears-Patriots when they got destroyed 46-10. to The year before, I, I remember watching that, but I wasn't really up to the fact that it was a Super Bowl. I was at, at my grandmother's house, and I remember 38-16 – Niners, but it didn't really, you know, 
the next year I knew, okay, this is for a championship and the Patriots, you know, got blown off the field. Also saw them lose to the Packers. So the first year they won with Brady and, you know, last guy drafted and all that and, you know, the, the dramatic fashion, I was at, you know, I was the time where I was happy for the Patriots fans for all that they had been through. And, of course, you know, they have soured everybody outside of the New England area, uh, you know, with the various baggage that they have as well. But as far as Boston, I'm still not like that. I actually got to go to Fenway. Me and my dad kind of took a bucket list trip. So, you know, like you've been to Wrigley, we went up there, and it was cool seeing that. And so I'm not, I'm not as, you know, yeah, turned off by the Red Sox as most might be. But uh, so, like you said, congrats to him. We had to, to work that in. One other thing I got to work into, and we'll call Alpha Rawls, going back to when I was uh, at the Vanderbilt game, you know, you get to, you and I get to rotate and, and cover some games and get to see all the people that, you know, you see on TV or or read about in the Hurl Leader or Career Journal and you know, here on the radio. Got to meet Michael Bennett, who uh, we had on the show. Of course, he hosts Just a Tip now there in Louisville. I think they're also on Paducah and Mayfield. Got to pass the word and say hello to him walking down for the post game. And then a couple of days later, and didn't get to mention it last week, he comes out with an article from, you know, him and John Wong put out about how he had battled depression and, you know, how gregarious he is and, but the, a lot of things that he had been through and how he was able to open up about it. Uh, a lot of people now are trying to do that. And so it was, it was good to see that article from him and John. Of course, we retweeted it on the show and all that, but uh, just wanted to mention that as well. Cause, Little did I know meeting him two Saturdays ago that, you know, what he was going through. Uh, so so definitely congrats to him for, for kind of getting that, that burden off of his shoulders. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've talked to him. I've talked to John uh, about that. Uh, you know, full, full disclosure, I'm kind of in that same boat, you know, myself. And I've tried to be as open with it as I can, uh, as I can be. Uh, just to let other people know it's okay to not be okay. And, and that's the thing. I think yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, people think depression is just, you know, you're homeless or you're shut in. Uh, it can be guys that, you know, you, you see, you see Michael and you think, okay, he's got a lot of things going for him. He's got a you know successful mm-hmm. radio show and he's doing this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, it, it, it and for me, and, and I'm not going to go on too much about this, but uh, you get that voice if you had a little success that says that you don't enjoy it. Or you, I'm sorry, that you don't deserve it. And that can be a very paralyzing voice as well. So, again, to, to, to Mike and to John for, for getting that story out there, it, it's beneficial. It's beautiful. I, I've retweeted. Um, and I know it's been kind of making its rounds around uh, yeah. around Big Blue Nation as well. So, definitely – uh, shout mm-hmm. out to those guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, couldn't not not mention it. So yeah, uh, so I was to work that in. Now we will uh, put on the the phone and and give a call to our first guest, uh, former Kentucky running back Alfred Rawls. We will dial him up and look, Georgia native. So TB, we already know what this is going to mean to him, and can't wait uh, to get his thoughts on it. So let's. 
Give Mr. Rawls a call here and, and get him on. Cause, and we, we talked about it a little bit the first time he was on, you know, his memories of, of beating the dogs. and uh, No better time now to have him on. How you doing, sir? Hello, Mr. Rawls. How you doing? I'm just living a dream, sir. Hi, man. That is all right. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Cat Talk Wednesday this evening. We had a ball with you the first time you were on, and definitely appreciate you taking time to join us again. No, no problem, sir. It's my pleasure. Just got to get your thoughts. You know, being a, a Pitts, Georgia native, eight oh, games into this season with Kentucky and those dogs from your home state school are coming up to Kroger Field this coming Saturday, and the SEC East is on the line. Just, just what are your thoughts? heading into this week as we get closer and closer to Saturday. Well, it's a brain bite. 1998, that's what, about 32 years ago? Or what? 30, what is it about? Uh, yeah, about 32 86, years 30, 86. No, 86. No, 88, I'm sorry. I mean, excuse me, 88, 88, 88, 1988. I'm sorry, that's when I graduated from high school, 86. Uh, 1988 when I transferred to Kentucky. Well, <clears throat> that was a excellent, proud game for me and me and my family. Um, my mom, my mom, my brother, my nephews, my sister-in-law, everybody was to that game. They came up for that game. You know, Kentucky, you know, had beat Georgia, I think, about over 10 years since that time. And, you know, everybody, you know, they thought I was really mad at Georgia, you know, really upset with Vince Dooley. You know, I was a little, a little mad, not, you know, that terrible upset, you know, but, you know, I, I think I made a great choice coming to Kentucky. But winning that game, you know, I, I just, I did want to make a point to the people back at home in Georgia, let them know what they could have had, you know. But I know they had other good running backs at the time, too, you know, Tim Worley, Keith Henderson, and Rodney Hamilton, all those guys also. But other than that, you know, playing that game, you know, it, it was a great win for me. I was happy, you know, to, I put a little chip on my shoulder after the, we won the game, you know, because I always, when I was in high school, I didn't ever always say we was going to win this game or I never bet on the game or say we're going to win by this many points. You know, I always you know we're going to, you know, we got a good chance of winning, and that's how I think today. But the winning that game, you no know, man, it, it brings back so memories. You know, I wish I was still out there playing, especially when I see Ben Snell running the ball. <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing. You know, you know, 
in today's time, you know, how, you know, it's, it's, it's changed, you know, how the guys, they play now, you know, they can't do too much like we did back in the days because we ran, you know, they can't hit with the helmet because we used to run, you know, we used to run head to head, you know, with our helmets. No, those guys, they can't do that anymore. But I was, you know, it was a real privilege winning that game, you know, checking Coach Doolahan after the game. You know, today, I know I'm jumping around, but today I saw Vince Dooley about, about two months ago. He was in Lexington. He still remember me. Only thing he can remember is that game. <laughs> only thing he can say to me is, say, you ran. I'm, 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 I'm true. He, only thing he can say to me, you ran a 48-yard touchdown run. He said to me, matter of fact, last year when I went to the game in Georgia, he was doing his book signing. That's the only thing he could say to me. He run a 48-yard touchdown. And he also said it this year at the Embassy Suites in Lexington. He said, you only can run, you can run that 48-yard touchdown run. And he still remember that. You know, he retired after that. Because a lot of people oh, wow. jumped on A lot of fans fan, um, jumped on him about that because, you know, they let, you know, he let me get away. You know. Mm. But, you know, I got death threats. Of that game, <laughs> oh yeah, I oh. had death threats and all. Oh, oh yeah, you know, you no know, see, you no know, Kentucky basketball is number one here, but in Georgia, that's, that's football down there. That's football heaven where I'm from, and they uh-huh. serious about their football. And but you no know, Vince, you no, know, you know, I got a lot of, you no, know, I got quite a few death threats. They got my phone number in the dorm, and they was calling, <laughs> cussing me out and. And one matter of fact, one guy came down out of no, he didn't come out of the stand. He came all the way down to the edge right there. He's I'm gonna hunt you down when you get, you know, when you get back to Georgia. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was that, it was that deep, you know. But other than that, you know, I just brush it off on the side. You know, I was happy for the win. You know, you know, I couldn't did it without all the players. You know, also in the offensive line and. You know, I got to give credit to them. They they blocked well that game. And also the defense played a heck of a game too also. So we're talking about former U.K. running back Alfred Rawls. You mentioned at first that, you know, people kind of thought you were mad at Georgia. Was it that they kind of maybe – they maybe went in a different direction with some of the other running backs in recruiting? Is that kind of – and then you decided to go to yeah. Kentucky? Is that what – no, this I, this is what happened. Um, I always want, I always been a Georgia fan. You know, Herschel Walker. You know, back then was my idol, but I didn't. Now I know what an idol is now. But you know, he was one of my favorite players at Georgia when I was coming through middle school and high school, and I always wanted to be like him, and I always you know want to come to play at Georgia. But at that time. I didn't want taking school serious. You know, my grades wasn't that great in high school. So they in my senior year, they came out with a the, um, the thing called Proposition 48, where you had to make 700 on the SAT to get into Division One school. So I took the SAT, and I said, oh, my God. I said, man, I wish I would have studied now. And all the college was recruiting me. And you know, I was getting so many recruits. Um, 
number one college was looking at me. You know, I had a chance to go to Auburn, Florida. You know, all those guys, you know, was looking uh, looking at me. But my heart was always on Georgia. You know, I visited those schools, and you know, but my heart was always wanted to go to Georgia and play for them. And so when I took the SAT, I made like a six six sixty or something on the SAT, and and so I didn't get a chance to to take it again before. You know, before the, the year was out or the school was out, so I couldn't take it again. So, Coach Dooley and Ray Golf, I made a uh, decide to say, "Hey, you can go to a junior college out in Northeast of Oklahoma, A and M, and you can play one year and graduate in one year." <laughs> I said, "Oh man, Oklahoma!" I said, "Where is that?" You know, coming from small town, I know anything about no Oklahoma. I said, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> you know, so. Uh, we, uh, they came to talk to my mom, so we decided to. I decided to go to Oklahoma, um, with Northeast Oklahoma, and so I went there, and then I didn't play much because I hurt my knee out there. Um, a couple, you know, uh, I think I didn't play about two or three games because I hurt my knee. Then I came back and played, you know, and but. So we um so I tried to graduate in one year and coach was gonna say if you can graduate in one year you can you can come back the next year. And man and taking sixty hours for two you know, thirty hours a semester and thirty on the next one, uh it was tough. And I tried, you know, I I had to make all the C's or better. I got a D in in biology. And so that made me come back to the Oklahoma uh, Northeast, well, we call it NEO, come back to NEO um, that next year. So George said, okay, okay, we understand that. So, but, you know, I thought everything was still cool with them, but, you know, they had Tim Worley and Keith Henderson, you know, those guys. So, but in the process, you know, you know, I had a good season the following year with uh, out there at Oklahoma. I had a good season, and I, you know, then I didn't hear no more from Ray Golf or Vince Dooley or none of the coaching mm-hmm. staff at Georgia no more. I didn't hear no more from them. So I, so mm-hmm. I decided. I said, well, I said, well, I got other colleagues looking at me, and it got um, one of our players. Uh, he was. He was already out there before me. He left the following year. He came to Kentucky. Uh, Charlie Darrington, he was a tight end at Kentucky. He came in uh, 80, um, in 87. And so and he called me up to He said, man, Alfred, he was from Georgia, and he was from Tipton, Georgia. And he said, Alfred, man, I said, man, you can come down here, man. You'll, you'll like it, you know. And so Coach Jake Holland, he came in. Came to the bowl game. We had, you know, we had a bowl game after the, you know, during the, um, the junior college bowl game, um, Mid American Bowl. He said, "You want to come take a visit?" So I came. I, I flew up. You know, they flew me. Well, flew me down. You know, here to Kentucky. So I took a visit, and they showed me some films and told me who the running backs I need to beat out. And so, and they showed me Ivy Joe Hunter and Al Baker. That those there was the two main running backs they had and I looked at looked at some films and I said, Oh man, 
I said, I think I can dig them guys out <laughs> like that. So <laughs> I signed on the and I signed I signed on the on the same day after I got through watching the films and stuff. And I told Coach Claiborne, I say, I'm ready to sign. He said, Hold on. He said, Hold on. No, hold, hold, hold. Wait, wait, wait. Don't do that yet. Make sure that you want to do that. You can call your mom and talk to your mom about it. I said, Coach, I made my decision. I said, My mom ain't gonna make the decision for me. I got to make my own decision. You know, but she'll be happy. She, I, I told her, I think, and, and uh, I, t- I asked myself, I said, look up how far is it from from uh, Lexington to Pitts, Georgia? <laughs> and he said, he said about a, uh, he looked it up, he said about like, uh, back then, it's about like an eight-hour drive. I said, oh, man, that's nothing. You know, she, she made the travel in eight hours. <laughs> so so I signed that day, and I called my mom after and told her, I said, I signed with Kentucky. And and I told him I said, I'm ready to go home, so he flew me home. Flew <laughs> well, I had to fly into Atlanta, and that's why I flew in Atlanta. My brother and them I had brothers living in Atlanta. They picked me up from the airport. I thought I signed with Kentucky, and everybody was mad back when they found out when I I signed with Kentucky. <laughs> you know, it's oh my god, and but it was a you know it was a you know I, you know I, I made the right decision. You know, you know, God, he didn't make no mistake. And I, you know, I look at my back of my life now. I said, God, you know, you know, never know what could happen if I went there. You know, I don't know what could happen, you know, but but I thank God for making me making that decision to come to Kentucky. See, that that makes me think about, and you mentioned how everybody loves, you know, basketball here in Kentucky. Some of the guys, that have just come, you know, and, you know, they get a lot of guys from different states. But Malik mm-hmm. Monk, that was just there a couple years ago oh, yeah. from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tyler Hero, who is the freshman there this year, is from Wisconsin. And, and those guys were getting a lot of a lot of junk from the Arkansas fans and the Wisconsin fans because they didn't stay home. Right. I was just going to ask. You know, outside of your family, it sounds like everybody in in your hometown was kind of giving you that same stuff back in '88. Oh yes, sir. You know, oh yes. Oh, they was my my head coach. He say Kentucky. And <laughs> 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 the sad thing about it, I'm gonna tell you this. The, the fun, well, not sad, but the funny thing about it, when I visit one time, I. I visit Georgia, you know, because Georgia was only about like two and a half hours from my my hometown. And I went to a game. They invited me to a game. Guess who they was playing? Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) And and Ray Goff told me, say, this is what the coach Ray Goff told me. Ray Goff said, yeah, we playing uh, uh, Kentucky. That could be an easy win for us, you know. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh-huh. He, I remember this plain as day, man, when he said that. He said, he said, he said this will be an easy win for us, you know. Because I remember, you know, and I was at the game, and I was, I remember Mark Higgs was out there, you know. And I was looking at him. But I didn't want to think about nothing about Kentucky. I didn't think about Georgia, you know. You know, I had no idea. Yeah. I no idea. I was coming to Kentucky and when they saw them play Georgia. <laughs> that was that was yeah, that was strange, man. I couldn't believe that. And uh, but but you know, but like you say, man, people and like I say in Georgia, man, where I'm from, it's it's deep south Georgia. It's way down in the country. <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of football players come out of there. 
Um, you know, remember Nick Marshall from Auburn? Yeah. He played at Auburn. He came he came out of my high school. Oh, we got some players. Oh, wow. I got a guy I got a guy on Alabama team right now. His 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 dad we played football again in high school. He got a guy on on um play for Alabama right now from my high school. I think he's a senior oh. this year. And guess what? He played about two or three times. I told him, I say, man, I, but, I, but I, I say, man, I said, do not choose a school because of the name. Choose a school where you can get some playing time. But they mm-hmm. always know young people don't want to hear that from uh, old school people, you know. But, you know, I was telling him, right, I say, now he say, yeah. I, you know, he told me, I saw him uh, when I went to, um, me and my son went to the uh, Kentucky and Alabama game about two years ago. And um, mm-hmm. I think it, was about, it was about two years ago, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And I was, I talked to him. He said, "Yeah, but I got me, I got me two championship rings, <laughs> you know." And so this so forth. <laughs> I say, "But I say, yeah." I say, "But look at the though." I say, you, "You know." I say, "What about your career?" I say, "You could have made it into the NFL." You never know, you know. Mm. I know it's awesome to mm. receive those championship rings, but. But what afterwards? Do you want to play any more football after you leave here? Well, he just couldn't say nothing. Then he just looked at me. Then you know, but but like I'm saying, we had a lot of players come out of there, man. And down there in Georgia, back in the days when I played, oh gosh, man, it was rough. You no know, playing football, it was you know football heaven. Like I say, man, it's one school in Georgia. It was called. Um, D.F. Douglas, it's in Montezuma, Georgia. It was all black school, brother. You had to have the sheriff, state state trooper, to take you in there and take you out of there. If you, especially if you lost, man, they'll throw balls at you. Oh man, oh they crazy about that. It was, I mean, it was wild crazy back then. Yeah, it's it, that's how bad it was. Now I'm talking, I'm serious, man. They take back then they just take football really serious. I'm terrible. It, it, it was serious. It was serious football, but you know, but you know, I, you know, I, I'm glad I made a good decision. But you know, you know, yeah. but it, it's really, it's, it's, it's really uh, different now. You know, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's Change time is a season. Time right? changed. Yeah. yeah, time change. Yes, it has changed. Any more good questions, sir? I'd love to answer. I love. I'm sorry, I keep rattling on, you know, but I can go on and on. No, no, I got, I got a couple more. Just uh, and see if you jump in anytime because I always, I get long winded. But is you know we talk about how things change, but from your time in '88 playing for Coach Claiborne to Coach Stoops in the team now. Are there a lot of similarities? I mean, both coaches like to play tough defense and they love to run the ball, right? Is that kind of the similarities between Stoops and Claiborne? No, it's it's different. <laughs> Coach really? Claiborne, okay. right. yes. Uh, Coach Claiborne, no, he no he did like run the football. Don't get me wrong, but he you know he 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 wanted the passing the passing game work too. Uh, he had that run and shoot offense. And that's what they call it, a running shoot, something like that. And but you know, I got you no, know, I got many touches. But the thing is now, 
you know, I, I looked over, you know, my uh, running back coach, uh, Mike Nord, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say it, I can say it because, you know, because he, he didn't really care for me too much because I always brag about I'm from Georgia and, and all this and that. And I, I just love to talk, you know, I'm from Georgia, you know, Georgia players are better, you know, and all this and that. That's what I just mess with the team about. And Coach Norton and Harlan care for me too much. He was our running back coach. You know, he came to me. Um, he came to me uh, when I when I came when I got there. Doing it, went through the spring practice and during the fall uh, um, summer practice and all that. You know, I beat out Ivy Joe Hunter. Ivy Joe was a senior. I beat out Ivy Joe and Al Baker for the position for the starting position. He told me since Ivy Joe Hunter was a senior, I, uh, he wanted to start him. Oh. You know, yes, that was that's that's what you know. I you know that's when I started. I said, "Oh man, wow!" You know, I said, "You know, I want." I told him, "I said I want the position." You know, I was the better back. You know, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't say nothing. I didn't know how to handle the situation. I didn't know I was supposed to go to Coach Claver and talk to him, him about it or what, you know, but I, I did not say anything, so I just let it be. And But, you know, it all worked out. In, it worked out. You know, every time I got in the game, I scored a touchdown. <laughs> just about, you know, I, I did some good plays. But then my senior year, he didn't let me start my the first game. He started Al Baker. That's how bad it was, you know. I I just couldn't believe it, man, you know. And and you know, I could just go back to Terry Wilson, you know, for a second, you know, how Stoops took him out of the game. And that do build your confidence up when you sit on that bench and thinking what you got to do, what to do, you know, how to improve yourself. You know, I I sometimes I did like coming in the game, you know. You know, like when um, 89, my last year, when we played Indiana, our first game, you know, Al started started the game. Al, you know, I think he ran a couple series. And Coach Claven, I heard, cause I remember, I can see this plain today. Coach Claven said, Coach Noah, put Rawls in, you know. I think about, like, two <laughs> plays. I ran, I, I think I ran about, like, a 40-yard touchdown run, <laughs> you know, you know, I had you know he put me in the game, and I ran. I, I this is how every, both every time he, I went in, I almost I scored a touchdown. Just about sometimes when he put me in, but then I got then after that he he started starting me you know during the during the regular season, but you know, so but I don't hold, hold no grudges or nothing like that. But you know, I didn't you know show him if you know like Ben Snell getting the ball nineteen or twenty times, you know. You know, I wish I had that chance to do that. <laughs> you know, carried the ball that many times. You know, I, you know, I was short. Uh, I was short by like, I see, by 175, 175 yards for oh, by I think I mean, if I'm not mistaken, by by 180 yards short for having a thousand yard rushing season in my last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I had like eight hundred some yards. I think if I'm not mistaken, but I didn't get the hardly get the ball every time. 
me and Al Baker, we was talking about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. We was he was here with me, and we was talking about. I said every time I grow the football down the field, about the <laughs> five yard line, ten yard line, they'll come in and take me out, and they'll score a touchdown. That's you know Ooh. stuff like that. You know I I can't stand that. I don't work my butt all the way down this field, and I want this touchdown. You know they take you know take me out, run in and take me out. Yeah, that's how you know it was no control of that. You know. But now Stoops and Coach Claiborne, um, it's, it's totally different. Uh, Coach Claiborne, he was a well-rounded, you know, man. He was an awesome coach. Coach Stoops, he didn't like uh, – not Coach Stoops, uh, Coach Claiborne, he didn't have no cursing on the field. He didn't want any coaches to curse or nobody. He didn't have none of that. He you know, he would get on the coaches right in front of us if they start cursing you know, make a curse word or something. Cause he was a very religious man, you know. But he, you know, you know, and I, you know, here people was talking though know, during, you know, my first year and and some of the news uh, newspaper guy they say, yeah, you know, you know anything about Coach Claiborne? You know, back then he's still running the same defense, the same offense, you know, back when he was in Maryland, Virginia, you know. He say he he still ran the same offense, but you know Coach Claiborne he he didn't have no leanings to know nobody. He just you know, if somebody mess up, he'll punish you, or he you know if you lie to him, he'll kick you off the team. A couple guys got kicked off the mm-hmm. team, and I think mm-hmm. you know you know it sh- that shouldn't be. I don't think everybody should get, deserve a second chance, you know. Um, cause you know, come from out make a mistake, you know, you should not, you kicking, especially kicking one of your good players off the team, <laughs> you know, but you know, something, you know, but Stoops, no, I like, no, I like Stoops. I'm, you know, him and they, you know, they, they, they two different, you know, it's, it's, it's two different guys. You know, Stoops like to have fun. He's younger. You know, Coach Claiborne was, you know, an old guy, you know, <laughs> you know, he's right. in second old ways, you know, his, his way or no way. <laughs> You know that's how he yeah. was. You know, but well, what do you we, think? Um, what do you think uh, about this weekend as far as your thoughts on what you've seen Benny do in his career, and then your thoughts on what the Cats have to do to beat the Dogs this Saturday? I watched some of that game, the Florida game. I was flipping back and forth. I think we can run on, uh, run, run against Georgia. I think Benny Snell. He should have a good outstanding, um, do a good job if he, you know, everybody do their part. You know, he just can't do it on his own. But you know, everybody got to do their part. The offensive line and the receivers got to stay on their blocks and stuff. I think he gonna have a good chance to go over hundred some yards if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he should have a pretty good game because I cause um, I think we can run, you know, run the ball and you know, Snails, you know, he's a tough running back. You know, I. You know, I work for um, the SEC Network, ESPN Security. I'll be right there with the camera crew, and I'll be talking to mm-hmm. uh, talking to Snail. I don't know before I report a game too. I tell him, I say, man, start using your stiff arm. I say because I use that when I play. I say that's one of your key too, using that stiff arm, since you can't run with your head no more. <laughs> you know, but I say, you know, use that <laughs> stiff arm. He used that stiff arm. Um, set, uh, this past Saturday, I saw him using it. I say, wow, you know, I say, you know, because, you know, 
No, he's an outstanding back, man. I, I I like his style. You know, he's hungry. You know, and mm-hmm. I can say, you know, I've seen him. You know, he make. You know, you know, I can say it's all it's all the whole team, but you know, I make I see him make yards by himself. You know, he got yards on his own. You know, but you know, but he he's the real deal. You know, my heart goes out Absolutely. to him. You know, I hope he stay healthy and you know keep his mind right. You know, focus. You know, because he know he, he can move up to the next level. That's it. Talking with former UK running back Alfred Ross. Oh, last question, Alfred. Are we going? Are we going to see you calling in to the Fine Bomb Show anytime soon? I was watching that day. Uh, when, when I, I'm gonna I'm try to get on that Friday. I, I, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do it Friday. I'm gonna try to. I, I'm gonna try to do it. I'm gonna try to get. I'm, what time he's he come on? Cause I would. I know I was home that day when I was when I called in that day. Uh, uh, cause I, cause he gonna be. That's right. They gonna be there. Yeah, they gonna be in the network. Yeah. I'm gonna try to. Well, matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it over there. I'm gonna make it over there. Try to. I'm gonna uh, introduce myself. I think I think they're doing the show Friday at the new at the the KSR restaurant. I think the KSR bar Friday, I believe. And then all the rest of them, I think, will be at. I believe Feinbaum will be doing his show at the new. You know, the new restaurant at the, the KSR show. They got a restaurant on Broadway. I think he's doing his show there Friday. Oh, my. I didn't there. know that. See, I don't hardly get no information, yeah. man. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And then the oh, crew man. will be I'm doing their pregame show Saturday at the library, I think. But I think Fonball's doing his show at, at Matt Jones' restaurant Friday from, like, 3 to 7. Friday? He's going to be there. So, yeah, what time? He's been doing a live show. He comes okay. on at 3. Uh, three to seven every day, but yeah, they'll be in town. Three to seven. Time. Is, okay, uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'll look. I'm gonna look it up, and and um, yeah, I, I'm. I can't you said that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm gonna go over there. And, and, you know, and, yeah. Oh yeah, because you know I got to do um interview Friday with um with Tom Leach. You know, he want to talk. Okay. You know, Cause that was a, you know that was a win Kentucky you know we knocked Georgia out of the SEC tournament that year um the championship that year yeah cause they were they supposed to win with the championship I, I was watching Fireball that day and it was it wasn't long after we had had you on with us and it it didn't say your last name it just said Alfred from Lexington. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. I, I know that voice. I, that sounds like Mr. Frog <laughs> on Fonbaum right now. And <laughs> it turned yeah. out that was you. So Yeah, I was yeah, talking about the Florida was, game, winning the Florida game, yeah. You know, that was yeah, you know. But but yeah, um Yeah, that's that, yeah, I put the uh talk with Tom Leach in um on Saturday, uh not Saturday, I mean Friday from I think he was between nine and ten that morning. I got to uh, yeah. talk about the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say you know that was a that was a big win. You know, for us. You know, in, in Georgia. You know, you know we knocked them out, man. And like I say, Vince Dula retired after the season. They they couldn't believe it. It, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, everybody was on him. A lot of people don't know that. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, Georgia fan was on him about called letting me go. You know. 
about letting me, you know, get away. And especially when I I ran that forty eight yard touchdown. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, well, yeah. I'm you serious, on man. Friday okay. with Tom for sure. I'll be listening to you that morning too, just to, to hear you with him. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough for for hopping on with us and and looking forward to the game Saturday and and hoping it's another Kentucky win over the Dogs just like when you ran all over them in '88. Yes, sir. I hope so too, man. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you having me on. You can have me on anytime. I'll be glad to do anything for you if you need anything. I'm here for you, sir. And go Cats. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mr. Ross. Have a good evening, sir. You're welcome, sir. You too, sir. All right. Alfred Ross, former UK running back. Always cool talking with him. Just getting his perspective on his time and being from down there. And now this is the biggest Kentucky-Georgia game ever. I mean, it's always fun talking with him. Absolutely. We'll transition right on now to uh, our second guest. Sometimes they get stacked back-to-back like that. Um, We'll get some of that dog perspective, TV. I know you might have some questions. We got our guy, Ryan Dennis, and we will call him up right now. And uh, he's with the Athens Banner Herald, covers the dogs down there. Give him a ring. Ask him some questions. And get some of his thoughts also. So uh gonna go back to back with the gift. And jump in anytime, T V. You know, I don't, I don't mean to just talk, talk, talk. Hello? It's all good. Hello, Ryan. Hello? Hey Ryan, this is Vinny Hardy with yeah, Talk Wednesday. How, hey, you, doing, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? Can't complain. Appreciate you hopping you, on the show with us, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. Get a little, get a little bit of that perspective from the, the Georgia perspective heading into this game oh, yeah. Saturday. Uh, just first of all, I, look, I got to ask you. Look, how uh, much time do you spend telling people it's Ryan, not Ryan? Do you have to do that? <laughs> yeah, I got to do the whole, uh, you know, one syllable thing, or uh, you know, say watermelon Ryan, you know, something like that. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, but you know, I hear a lot of different things. I was called Renee last night. People just can't figure it out. So, man, so you know, any <laughs> you know, first thing you know, other you know, besides Ryan Sandberg, of course, me being a big Braves uh-huh. fan, remember yeah. him growing up. Um, oh yeah, that's who I was named after. Too. Yeah, yeah, and so I got to ask you too. Looking at your your Twitter profile, Ryan uh-huh. Dennis nineteen. You yeah. are right there in a, a press a press media opportunity with Kirby Smart. You're right, <laughs> literally right up on him. The look on your face and the look on his face, you remember what was being said when that picture was taken or <laughs> what was going on? I, I, I don't. That was at uh, UGA's Pro Day back in, what, uh, April, March, something like that. I guess it was around March. And uh, – the funny thing about that, the reason I was there was because the TV crews, you know, I was standing there with him, and then the TV crews, you know, pounced on it, and they kept pushing me around and around and around, and I finally ended up at Kirby's shoulder, but uh, 
I guess they were just asking questions about the pro day, you know, and uh, some of George's players like Roquan Smith and, uh, you know, Chubb and Sony Michelle and asking them questions about that. So that's probably what was being asked at that exact moment right there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I got to ask him about that. And speaking <laughs> of speaking of that big three, you know, Chubb, Michelle, um, uh-huh. Roquan Smith, Last year, I know the expectations for Georgia football are like they are for Kentucky basketball. Right. Did you all still get surprised that you made a national title game run in Kirby's second year? Yeah, I think there was a little surprise. I mean, you know, if you look at it, they started the year as like 13-point favorites over App State, you know. So I guess going into, if you view it from that perspective, you know, there wasn't much expectations because they were coming off an 8-5 and five season the year before. And, uh, you know, the, the way the year kind of started, it was, uh, you know, not too not too high of expectations, you know, playing App State. And then, you know, they kind of they were kind of rolling along okay. And then uh, the Mississippi State game last year, I think, is when it kind of turned. And they really handed it to Mississippi State, who was coming off big wins over LSU and uh, Auburn, I think, at that point. And, uh, you know, then they just kind of, kept it rolling. They, you know, trounced Tennessee and Florida and then uh, had a little bit of a setback against uh, Auburn. But I think that game kind of changed everybody's mentality. And, uh, you know, they turned to all business after that. And they had the senior leadership of Chubb and Michelle and, and guys like uh, Lorenzo Carter, Davin Belny, you know, who uh, and, and Roquan, of course, who, who wasn't going to let them lose, you know, the rest of the way. And um, I think uh, – you know, it was a little bit of a surprise at the first of the year, but once they started rolling, it was like, hey, they got they got something working here. So, uh, I you know, I guess the, the way they kind of bounced back in the second half of uh, the Oklahoma game was really where all that leadership kind of, you know, really you could see it, you know, and how they were saying, hey, I know we're down big, but we ain't going to lose this. And uh, and then they almost won it at, <laughs> against Alabama, but uh, fell just <laughs> short. But, uh but, yeah, I'd say that, you know, if you judge it by the first year, it might be a little surprised. But once it got to the midway point, you could see why they were in that position, you know. Talking with Ryan Dennis of the Athens Banner Herald. Check him out on Twitter at RhinoDennis19. Check out the Banner Herald at Online Athens to see his work and coverage of the Georgia Bulldogs. Every year is different. Every team is different. And, of course, Roquan, Sony, Chubb, I mean, it's going to be hard to replace them. Is it – looking at this year, I haven't seen every game. I saw some Tennessee and saw some Missouri. Is Kirby still kind of trying to to get the team this year to that level last year? Uh, Or is he just kind of nitpicking like what coaches do, like the Missouri game, you know, gave up a lot of points and (laughs) he wasn't really happy even though they won? Where's he at in kind of getting this team where they want to be as far as uh, well, you know. those guys? And... Yeah, he still talks about it. And, you know, that was a thing going back to spring practice. You know, they're looking for those leaders that can step in and fill those shoes. And I, I don't really think they've found that just yet, you know. There might be a guy here and a guy there. Um, but they don't have those guys that, you know, step forward and, and, and refuse to lose, like I was saying with – you know, Sony and Chubb last year. And uh, I think they're still kind of looking to find those guys. And, and Kirby, you know, even after uh, – and he does give us a lot of coach speak, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, after the Florida game, 
<laughs> and he says he does this after every game, and I think he's actually telling the truth here. You know, you know they had a big win against Florida, but he goes, "We still got a lot to work on." And I think when he says that, he's meaning that somebody needs to step up and take that charge, and you know, be that guy that just refuses to lose. And uh, it's something that he kind of you know uses us as the media to get through to his players, I think. But nobody's really grabbed it yet. But uh, I wrote a little bit about it after the Florida game about how, you know, he always says, you know, there's little things we can work on. And, uh, you know, such as in the Florida game, I don't know how much of it you caught, but they uh, called, I guess, Kentucky was playing at the same time, weren't they, uh, the other day. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, uh, Georgia gets a turnover at the one-yard line uh, fumble, and they can't score it. And they had six plays because they had a pass interference in the end zone. And uh, so they got stuffed six times in a row, and on the seventh they kicked the field goal. But, you know, I think that's an instance where he's like, you know, we got to have somebody on the offensive line, you know, <laughs> punch somebody in the face and say, hey, wake up, you know, we got to score from one yard <laughs> out when we get six plays. So, yeah, I think there's still a lot to work on. And, uh, and you know, he's not shy of talking about it. And, you know, they're still looking for that, that one person that uh, can, can kind of step up and, and, you know, fill those shoes, big shoes, I might add, from last year. But, you know, somebody – Somebody needs to step in and, and, and take that, you know, job for the team if they want to reach where, where they were last year. Absolutely. TV, man, hop in any time. No, I don't mean to ramble. Well, I, just, I, I, I just have to say that uh, my youngest daughter is nine years old, and her favorite okay. mascot in all of sports is Ugga. Good. We watched uh, a special, <laughs> I think it was on, like, CBS Sunday morning or something like that, uh-huh. and she just is, she's in, she's in love with uh, Ugga Dog, and so uh, she's wanting to know is you know, is Ugga going to come to the game? She's like fascinated by the dog and everything. So I just <laughs> well, had, good. I well, had to I, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be there. He's at uh, most games. In fact, uh, I was up. I was just out of college in 2010. I think Georgia played up there, and. Uh, Ugga was there, and that was the first time I ever got my picture taken with Ugga, and you know that was a that was a special moment for a long time Georgia follower, you know, to get my picture with Ugga. So, yeah, I would imagine he'd be there. He pretty much goes to every game. So, I hope your uh, daughter can see him and you know be happy. Absolutely, absolutely, she loves dogs and all that kind of stuff. I had to, I had to put that out there. But as far <laughs> as, as as Georgia, I. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but their perspective has kind of changed a little bit. And, and what I mean by that is when I was coming up kind of in the 80s and the 90s, you know, that post-Herschel Walker, they were always very good, but not quite to that championship level. And then in the last few years of Mark Rick, you know, it was always dropping a game here or there they probably shouldn't have dropped. So here they are this year, last couple of years, where – it, you know, it's, I don't want to say championship or bust, but they're at that Alabama level. Like, they've reached that point where for a while there in the SEC East, it was just Tennessee, Florida going back and forth. Well, now Georgia's the big dog on the block, and the perspective has kind of changed. Have you picked up on that, you know, in and around Athens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it all starts with mindset, you know, Kirby coming from that Saban, you know, mindset. Uh, and there's no secret about it. I mean, he's saving junior, you know, when it comes to how he handles his program and, and everything, because, you know, under Mark Rick, everybody loved Mark Rick, but I think, you know, everybody was like, it's time for a change. And when Kirby got here, and of course, Kirby's a Georgia guy, you know, he played 
played ball here, and that's his number one goal is to get Georgia to the top. And, I mean, he just brought that something different, and it goes, you know, to recruiting where, you know, they brought in the number one class last year, the number three class the year before. And, you know, it, it's just everything about the program is different. What Kirby, you know, wants to spend money on, they're not shy to spend money on, which was a big thing back in, you know, Mark Rick's, you know, days. Is, you know, he's too nice a guy, and I hate to say it like that, but it was like, you know, he would ask for an indoor practice facility, and they'd say, oh, we don't have the money, and he'd back away and say, okay, I understand. Whereas Kirby's like, look, if we want to get to that Alabama elite level, we got to have this, 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 and now everybody in the athletic department's like, well, okay, if we need this, we need this, you know. And so they'll throw that money at it, and, and it seems to be working. You know, they put in a new uh, locker room and all this year on the opposite side of the stadium than it's been for, you know, 80 years or whatever. And, you know, that was because Kirby wanted a recruiting lounge <laughs> for his uh, recruits and stuff to, <laughs> to be able to go in and out and get a drink and come back out and watch. I mean, it's, it's totally different. And, uh you could tell, you know, the way they handle the media, the way they handle everything is just uh, totally different. And uh, like I said, it's it's Nick Saban Jr. almost as far as uh, how things are handled around here and how Nick handles the Alabama program. And the funny thing is, you know, as long as he's winning, nobody's complaining at all about it. So he can, you know, Kirby right now can do what he wants to, you know. Winning, winning covers all, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's it. Um, and so, I mean, if he's like lashes out at you and, and chews you out a new one on Monday, like Nick does, it'll, it'll just be, Hey, it's just, you know, it's all good. And I will say that's a little bit you know? different. I mean, uh, you know, Kirby handles us a little better than, than I've seen saving. Now, I've never been on a saving press conference, but I feel comfortable, you know, when the mic is passed to me that I can ask Kirby a question and he'll give me an okay answer. You know, he won't get. He won't, you know, <laughs> bite my head off or anything. <laughs> well, that's good. That's now, good. Yeah, yeah. Now, on on the field this Saturday, this is kind of the de facto Final Four oh, yeah. weekend with, with, with Kentucky and Georgia mm-hmm. and LSU, Alabama. Uh, you know, my mindset was we've talked on our show about, you know, maybe we could sneak up on Georgia, but yeah. it's kind of hard to do. When, you know, when you're the number eighteen, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can't really sneak up, and and so, is there a fear, a concern that that that, and I know this sounds crazy, but that maybe Georgia is overlooking Kentucky, or do you think they're heading to Lexington with their 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 head on straight, like they've got to take care of this to get to where they want to go? And over next week, yeah, um, I think that because of the ranking, you know, that Kentucky has. I don't think there's any way Georgia's overlooking. And the fact that everything's riding on this game. I mean, they understand you have to win this game or you're not going to the SEC championship, you know. And it doesn't yeah. matter, you know. If you win if you win this game, it doesn't really matter what happens with Auburn. I mean, they'll, they'll want to win that. But if you, you know, lose this mm-hmm. game, it really doesn't matter what happens with Auburn. I mean – so, I mean, this is the game. They know that this is, uh, you know, this win it, you go to the East. If you lose it, you're not going to the, you know, SEC championship. So, I don't think there's any yeah. way that they would overlook this game. And the fact that Kentucky is ranked as highly as they are, you know, they know what they're getting into. And, 
you know, I don't think that, you know, you could say that Kentucky's sneaking up on them at all right now. So, um, <laughs> no. which is kind of, I guess, you know, that's at the first year, you know, everybody was looking at this as being kind of a, uh, a trap game between Florida and Auburn. But now knowing yeah. what's riding on the, on the line, you know, I just, and, and kind of the year, you know, that Auburn's having, you know, they're, they're not the Auburn they have been that there's mm-hmm. no way Georgia's going to overlook this, uh, but you know, I don't think that's gonna uh, make it an easier game for Georgia by any means. Because uh, yeah, I know that, especially that defense that Kentucky has is uh, is no joke up there. And uh, so, yeah, I think Georgia will be ready enough. They'll win. I, I'm not so sure. I think people around here are feeling a little bit nervous about it. Uh, definitely, you know, with uh, the way they've seen Kentucky play this year. So. Yeah, we're all looking forward to it. It's gonna be, you know. Crazy, and you know Georgia's used to go into hostile environments for years. Kentucky football fans have have wanted Kroger Field to be hostile, wanted a product mm-hmm. to give them a reason to be hostile, and all that's finally happening. So uh, it's going to be exciting all weekend, Lexington, but especially come come game day, leading up to it all around, and and all the peripheral stuff going on too. Is this the biggest game y'all can ever remember? You know, as far as uh... Kentucky football goes? Uh, for me, yeah, going back at least yep. 40 years for that 77 season, and yeah. even the old-timers mm-hmm. are saying, because uh, the local paper did a countdown, you know, Benny Mark Story did, and even mm-hmm. talking to people going back to the Bear Bryant days, can't think of a bigger game in Lexington than this game. I mean, wow. this yeah. is this this is what you want. This is SEC football, and I'm not mm-hmm. you know, going to pretend being a Kentucky fan. I, I, I get it a lot, but, you know, <laughs> I expect it to be a physical game. I mean, you've got two programs that bring the wood on defense, that mm-hmm. want to grind you out a little bit on offense. This, this is why the SEC is, is, is different. You know, they say, you know, it's, it's special here. It's different here. Then you got two games mm-hmm. for a Final Four to really settle it. To me, yeah. If you're the uh, commissioner, you've got to love this, right? You've got to be doing a little oh, yeah. jig in the, in the offices. But the way the schedule worked out is, you know, all these other conferences are going to have, you know, all these different scenarios. But you get a final mm-hmm. four at the beginning of November. You know, <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, there are still other games to play. You know, Georgia, you know, I know you all got Georgia Tech and Auburn and all that. We've oh, yeah. got Tennessee and Louisville. But to get this kind of made for TV, you couldn't have scripted it any better. <laughs> I know it's too bad for, I guess, Georgia and Kentucky that that, you know, that other game is being played. <laughs> so it might be getting overlooked just a little bit uh, by LSU, Alabama. But, uh, you know, I think I saw, too, this is only the third time that in the SEC East that there's an outright, you know, game that will determine the SEC East, which kind of makes it kind of yeah. cool, you know, that – that uh, you know, a winner take all scenario or whatever. So that's uh, that's right. very intriguing. Right, and I, I saw that as well. Usually, it's you know Tennessee beat Florida, but Florida beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, Georgia, you know, you know, this is de facto on the field. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like it. I like it. I, I anticipate. Oh yeah. It, if I can talk, I anticipate it to be just one of those great SEC matchups that we haven't had. I mean, like I said, this is the biggest game. That we've played in this late in the season. I mean, Vinny. I mean, I mean, oh, I can't. Yeah. I, I'm 
40, and I yeah. can't think of a, a more <laughs> meaningful game we've had this late in the season. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I got to shift gears real quick for the last couple of questions okay. before I let you go. Um, you know, we haven't been any games played yet, you know, but it's right around the corner. How is the fan base and everybody at Athens transitioning from Mark Fox to Tom Crean? I think everybody's excited. I don't think there's expectations yet. Um, you know, we lost our best player in Yante Mayton, <laughs> so that kind of lowers expectations. But uh, finally, I think everybody's ex- yeah. <laughs> I was saying that about uh, I was you know at Florida last week. They still have one at Kayvon Allen. I was like, isn't he an eight year senior? So that's like that guy's been down in Florida for years. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, but. But yeah, um, so they have a they have some talent on the team, um, but I you know I just don't know uh, how the new system will work. I know people are excited because they're going to score points. It looks like, <laughs> whereas Mark Fox was a you know get the ball, rebound on defense, you know walk it up the court, set up your offense, and you're shooting a shot with four left on the shot clock, which I guess with the talent Georgia's had, that was the way to go about it. I don't know. Routinely, Georgia was, you know, grinding to, you know, 60 to 58 games or 54-50 games. And looks like under Cream, just push the ball up and down the court and hopefully, you know, score, you know, 80s in the 80s and stuff. Uh, so, for Georgia basketball, that's, you know, that's a high number. So, uh, you know, there's excitement definitely around the program, uh, which – you know, y'all will laugh at this, but they had a thing called Segmania, which is like a midnight madness, and and it got a really good turnout. Which you know, around here during the middle of football season, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of nails, you know, biting going on, seeing if anybody would show up. But uh, it got a good turnout, and uh, you know, the students are really behind it. So I think there's excitement, definitely, because you know everybody kind of liked Fox, and he did, you know, he did good for Georgia basketball. You know, he had some uh, some good seasons by their standards, but. It was time for for him to go, kind of like you know Coach Rick, which is uh, you know kind of kind of sad to say, but you know they had their chances, and I think everybody's looking at Georgia basketball's moving on, maybe in the right direction for them. I don't know that they'll you know compete for any SEC championships anytime soon, but maybe they can get in the playoffs or something, you know, the NCAA tournament in the next couple of years under Cream. But you know, I don't know that they'll be competing with mm-hmm. Kentucky anytime soon, but. We'll see. We'll right. see what happens. <laughs> exactly. And the Athens music scene, when you get downtime, yeah. where's the places that you go and who's the bands that you listen to? All right. Well, uh, so we have a couple of places. The 40 Watt is the most famous uh, kind of downtown bar uh, music, you know, stage venue. Uh, that's where kind of REM made their name, and uh, and I guess the B-52s maybe. Um, and they, they're still around, but they host, you know, the funny thing, they host some of these obscure bands I've never heard of, and uh, so I don't really make it there often. Uh, but the Georgia Theater is another big one, and it's uh, right in the middle of downtown, and they host, you know, kind of your folk country and uh, jam bands and stuff like that. So, um there's a local band called Perpetual Groove. It's kind of jam band. I've seen them a few times there. And uh, I've seen a lot of cover bands there. There was a Fleetwood Mac cover band that was really good. Tom Petty cover band. Uh, Pink Floyd 
you know, stuff like that, which is always cool to see. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to think back uh, some of the best concerts. I don't know if you all ever heard of Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Robert Randolph plays a little bit of a slide guitar. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen over at the Georgia Theater. But it's a uh, that place is famous. It's been around for years and years, but it burned the ground about 10 years ago. And they had to rebuild it, but they did a lot of fundraising and stuff to get it built back up, and now it's rolling again. They have concerts there just about every night. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a happening music scene in Athens. So. Definitely, definitely. And I got to tell myself real quick, then I'll let you go. All right, um, all right. Look, I'm I'm – I'm 40 just like Terry is, okay. and, you know, big NFL fan, big NBA fan, all that. But Fran Tarkenton is before my time, but I knew, <laughs> you know, he played for the Vikings for years and all of that, oh, yeah. you know, went to the Giants for a minute and back to the Vikings. I knew that, but I swear to you, you know, until three or four weeks ago, Watching the SEC storied about him, yeah, I did not uh-huh. know he went to Georgia. I did not know. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> didn't know he was from Savannah. Didn't know he went to Georgia. Just had no idea. Never even thought to look where he went to college. Never even asked myself that question. And I guess yeah. be the equivalent, you know, of somebody in Georgia, you know, 35, 40 years old, not knowing that Dan Issel went to Kentucky. But I, I just did not <laughs> yeah, know that, you know. Uh, so I, I'm yeah, just going to confess uh, right now that you know. no worries. Uh, I you know our uh, Georgia beat writer had a story. Uh, uh, well, I guess it's coming out this Saturday, but uh, he talked to Jeff Van Note, you know, a famous Falcon, and I've got Jeff Van Note's autograph, and I honestly didn't know he went to Kentucky. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's but even Stevens did. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, Fran Target actually went to school here in Athens, uh, right down the street. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, he. I don't know if they moved from Savannah to here or what, but yeah, he's an Athens legend. Yeah, yeah. So I was, and of course, you know, everything. All those SEC stories are great. You know, just like the study for thirty. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh, yeah. as soon as I started watching, I knew I, I camped out right on the couch until it was over. But I just, you know, it it was great and. I was like, man, I got the Georgia media member on here. I got to confess my ignorance. <laughs> no, no no worries. Yeah, those are all fascinating. And they did one on Grantland Rice, you know, a famous journalist. That was pretty cool as well. And how he yeah. kind of was the, uh, the the guy that made sports popular by the how he wrote sports back in the early 1900s. So that was another cool one that I enjoyed being a journalist, of course. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And that True South episode in Athens was awesome, too, going to those eating places. We always love to talk about some food on the show. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, we had Fletcher Page. I don't know if y'all know Fletcher, who uh, used to write for the yeah. Courier Journal. He covered Kentucky. Uh, he was a buddy of mine. He went to school yeah. here actually with me in uh, in Athens. And, uh, yeah, we had him on the other day. He gave us some maybe some eating places to go while we we're up there. So we might find a steakhouse or something yeah. while we're in town. Absolutely. Yeah, we had Fletcher on uh, right before he went on up to Cincinnati. But yeah, he, mm-hmm. he came on and brought a lot of insight. But, man, safe travels to Lexington, Ryan, and, and we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your evening to, to hop on with us on Cast Talk Wednesday. This well, guys, thank you all so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. We appreciate it. All right, y'all. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan Dennis, sports editor, Athens Banner Herald, 
on Twitter at Online Athens, man. That was cool, man. Really, and look, I say that to every every time we have a guest. It, that was cool. That was great. But they, we really do appreciate it, and a lot of fun talking with Ryan, and um, a lot of insight on all things Athens, as well as you know, dog football, but, you know, basketball, a little music, a little Tom Crean talk. We we work it all in TV. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's great to bring on some of the you know outside perspectives, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a while, having you know opposing not opposing, but you know guys that come from the you know uh, opposing team, I guess you should say, uh, but and they've all been respectful, but with Ryan yeah. and with some of the other guys this year, there's a difference when they're talking about Kentucky football. The the difference mm-hmm. is like yeah this is not a dog and pony show like we have got to bring our a game you know this is this is a, a, a game uh, that deserves all the hype the, the biggest game in Lexington for Kentucky football but Georgia they got to win this if they don't win this you know you know their whole rallying cry of you know falling short against Alabama and all that you know they've got to win this for their next step. So it's a huge game all around. You know, it's not just a big game for Kentucky. No, it's a big game for Georgia. Like, they can't overlook the game. So I'm excited about that. Uh, It's just a difference in how the program has grown. So, again, no negative stuff, all positive stuff. The Kentucky volleyball team is up two sets to zero over uh, Florida right now. So they're getting starts four games. Four wins. That's what we're going to do. That's it. I appreciate you updating that, too, because the last tweet I saw was they were up 6-2 to two in the first set, and I hadn't checked anymore. So, yeah, appreciate you working that in right before the end. Um, and it is here. Been waiting for it. It is, it is finally here. Championship week <laughs> leading up with starting with the volleyball, you know, football kind of peaking the weekend, and then Ending it with UK Duke, where you'll be up in Indy to take that all in. So, man, it's, it's going to be so much fun. And look, we don't cover recruiting or talk about it, but yeah, yeah. We don't talk about a lot of recruiting, but the, the kid out of Frankfurt, Wondell Robinson, is going to decide tomorrow. Kentucky football is in the mix, the Nebraska, Purdue. But uh, he's been just tearing up the Kentucky high school gridiron for a long time, and he'd be very dynamic for Kentucky offensively if Eddie Grand uh, was able to work him in, what Kentucky's trying to do. But we'll see where he decides to go. Uh, if he decides to stay home, uh, definitely would like that. If he chooses a different school, we wish him the best. But uh, big-time portion of his life is going to be decided uh, Tomorrow evening, or I think tomorrow, the two thirty when he's deciding. I think tomorrow afternoon, something like that. I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. But, you know, but that's us talking recruiting. So hey, we, we even had to work that in as well. So this, that's a big deal too. And the Breeders' Cup in your <laughs> home city. <laughs> that yeah, we didn't even man, talk it's, about. It, it's going to be insane. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover it, but you know, there's just so much going on. Uh, with Kentucky sports and with every, it, it, there's just so much. So, hey, we we didn't even we haven't even talked about the NBA. We got to work that in next week. So just another fun yeah. show. We had to we had to give the football team props for the win at Mizzou. 
We 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 had they deserved Absolutely. this position. We, you know, this is a lot of hard work from a lot of people went in to get the cats into this position. So, uh, That's right. yeah. That's but as Ryan right. said, they're not sneaking up on anybody. Like <laughs> no. nobody is overlooking. Georgia can't afford to overlook, or Josh Allen's going to strip sack, or Benny's going to run over you, or or or, or Terry's going to mm-hmm. go to the air. So that so. They got to come out. They got to be focused. It's going to be a um, at, at kickoff. I anticipate it to be a madhouse, absolute madhouse. Mm-hmm. And that's all we can ask for. I've been talking on this show forever, like back in '98. You know, with the Tennessee fans that were kind of, oh, we got to really look out for you all this year. Look out for Kentucky, and they were on their way to win a national championship, but they weren't just chalking us up as an easy win. They end up winning because, you know, we know about the streak. They won, but it was that respect, just like you said with these media members talking about Kentucky this year. That's all we've ever wanted. That's all we've ever asked for is to, to have that respect. It has to be earned, and it's hard to earn it in the SEC week in and week out, but Kentucky has put them in position, themselves in position to to – Get respect by what they've done uh, week in and week out on the field. You you can't just belittle them and, and stick your nose up or look down your nose at Little Kentucky in football anymore. That's all we've ever asked for. Absolutely, absolutely. So I say Cats win by a touchdown. Uh, they're going to have to get into the 20s to score, but I think defensively <laughs> that in the fourth quarter, I think Josh Allen and company gets it done. And I, it's weird. I do feel a little more confident about this one than I did last week. I mean, you you ended last week's Joe saying, you know, think the Cats get the win. And I was kind of he he and hawing. But I also did say last week that, you know, Derek Dooley is their offensive coordinator, and I looked at him sideways, and Kentucky proved that. <laughs> and he didn't help them by throwing when he should have been running out the clock. We, we'll take it. Glad to have it. But uh, you look at the atmosphere, the environment, the, the crowd has helped Kentucky already in the uh, South Carolina and Mississippi State games. This Georgia game been sold out for weeks. The Vanderbilt crowd, and of course it was freezing cold, and the wind was a beast. The crowd was kind of sparse, but this Georgia crowd, everybody's been just just waiting. You know, just like people saved up and said, hey, we're going to make the road trip to A&M. Well, as far as home games go, <laughs> BBN's like, hey, we're going to save up and put our foot in Kroger Field this coming Saturday. So it's, it's going to be, like you said, that zoo, uh, and that's really going to help the Cats as well. Uh, they can go toe-to-toe with Georgia, and they know that, and then you get that home cooking with the crowd pushing you on and, and giving that little extra uh, you can see it happen. It's not a, it's not a uh, insane thought to say that Kentucky can 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 win because they can, and so we we should feel confident. Absolutely. Well, man, another fun show, another fast two hours, another fast two hours already setting up for next week with all that we're going to be looking forward to this weekend. Loaded show, got some great guests lined up. 
Uh, Dwayne Peavy is one of them. There's a couple more already. Can't wait to get your accounts of what you see Tuesday up in Indy and all the other games. Like you say, four for four is what we're going for. Can't wait to talk about it next week. Absolutely. Well, thanks to Albert Rawls, Ryan Dennis, thanks to you, Terry T.B. Brown. Everybody check out Terry's article, CameronMillsRadio.com, about the football playoffs. And we'll see you all next week right here, Catch Talk Wednesday, Brandon Hardy Radio Network, BlogTalkRadio.com. We'll see you all then. Thanks again, everybody.